0: Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kerland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. This is part three of our conversation with Dr. Michaela Hempen. In part one, Michaela updated us on the cribbing project she's been working on. The subject of that study is a quarter horse mare named Blondie. You may not be dealing with a cribber, but you could well have a horse that came to you with a lot of unwanted baggage. That was certainly the case with Blondie. As Michaela got to know her better and became her owner, she discovered some huge crater-sized holes in in Blondie's training. Blondie said no to just about everything. She said no to haltering. She said no to leading. She said no to saddling. She said no to bridling. Michaela could have done what her previous owner had done. Just ignore the pinned ears, the swishing tail, the snapping teeth. Just ignore it all. But that's not the kind of relationship that Michaela was looking for so she began to broaden out Blondie's clicker training education. Her approach was very much influenced by the cribbing project, and that's what we shared in last week's conversation. This week, we're shifting gears completely. Michaela is going to tell us about the stallion project that she and Anya Barron are working on. Anya Barron is a classical dressage trainer whose work we both very much admire. We did a three-part interview with Anya. That's episode 74 through 76. and That was done about two years ago. And if you want to see Anya's work, just visit her website. So the stallion project, that's important. And the holiday season seems like a good time to be talking about it because it's a time when the presence we most want to unwrap, create positive changes in the world. And that's what Anya and Michaela hope to create for these horses. So the stallion project. So can you fill us in a little bit on what that entails, what that means?
1: Yes. So that's something that was initiated by Anya Beran. And you were actually present. When uh, when it's the first thought uh, came up during one of uh, Anya's classical dressage workshops, she called in the, the the every year attendants that are also veterinarians for a for a chat, and she she said, "Look, there is this thing happening with the stallions. She receives so many stallions, young stallions, that are have so many health problems, and that's not right." We must do something something about it.
0: These these are the stallions that are in Germany, the warm bloods that are going through the testing. Yes, exactly. Um, so
1: we we what projects. she saw at that point, so before really understanding what's 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 happening was that some very few of the stallions, you know, one, two, three, four, considering the large amount of stallions that go through that whole process, uh, they are presented at the at the um, stallion tests. And there are different formats, depending on the the age and etc, etc. Uh, so they go through that. And the next day, they come to her. So she calls them the Monday stallions, because they do the test on Sunday, and she has a broken horse on Monday that they ask her to fix. Wow. Okay, right. So uh, she was just so frustrated and 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 really deeply sad that this is happening to to health so many healthy young animals that had have, have all the life ahead of them and because of systematically damaging them in early life ruins in yeah life or even in the end they die because because they're not
2: no one wants to purchase them
1: yeah they don't want them anymore and they, they just go to the next one basically because mm-hmm. they're disposables they are treated yeah. as disposables and yeah. she was just so really heartbroken about it, um, that she said, you know, let's get active, let's do something about it. So the system is that for the German warm blood stallions, which is in Europe, pretty much similar, I don't know how it is in US, but uh, across European countries, it's pretty small changes. But basically, if you take the German example, it's probably pretty representative. So basically, at the age of two, they are, you, you couldn't say that training starts because the the first presentation of the stallions is at the age of two and a half years, and they have to start working them six months before. That means another six months before, they are probably brought in to a box in the stall, separated from their friends, uh, and they, so they're taken off the field, put in the box, they change the feeding so they get much less roughage because they have to build up muscles, so they get lots of grain. They have now controlled movement. We're talking about Blondie, who didn't have time for free movement, You know where she can express herself as she wants, whether she wants to run or whether she wants to graze, etc. For them also, everything is controlled because they are taken out. Uh, Maybe they are launched. If they are launched, they have side reins. You call them side reins in English.
2: Yeah, yep. so yep.
1: fixed yep. fixed side range uh, during launching and because they're not written yet at that age. But they are prepared for the show where they have to be presented. And actually in Germany, that's only since 2016. For the Hanoverana, they introduced that 2016 that they present them on the launch line because the argument is that that uh, shows whether a horse in the future will be more rideable. If he can present himself on fixed range on the launch line, that's why they introduced that presentation during the stallion test uh, on the launch line. So it's not actually that old. So imagine they're brought in one and a half, two years. They start training, though they start centrifuging them around the around the circle with fixed brains, change of feed, isolated, no more free movement, and then at two and a half probably shot yeah probably shot yeah probably shot yeah mm-hmm. and then they are they are going with uh, two and a half years they go to these shows and you can imagine how these shows are i mean they are full because these are auctions also and eh? they are also selling them at that age so there are there's lots of audience lots of horses and they are presenting them uh, i've seen now Anya shared a video of uh, where they're presenting them like the arabs you know with the with the whip uh, to make them more nervous Mm, and more expressive. Uh, It's showing that nervousness that people interpret as, I don't know, to get more movement out of them Uh, at the age of two and a half. And they're probably their first time out and they get this shock already of being in in such such an environment. And so the most damaging presentation there is the launching at that age because they start them with two, where they have to really go on a small circle, high speed, fixed brains. So you can imagine the pressure they have on their mouth, they cannot help themselves out with the neck because their neck is fixed. So they are falling obviously everywhere because they don't have the balance counterbalance with their neck and being tense and tight. And then this, this fast movement on a circle line. I mean, that's impossible at, at two and a half. That already is very damaging in itself. Mm-hmm. Then, then the tests continue. So um, because then at the age of three, they are they st- <laughs> well, they say they start riding them at the age of three, but actually they're already presenting them at the age of three. So they start riding at two and a half, because otherwise you're not able to present a horse in a test for three-year-olds. And what they are doing there already is what you know other people would do with a six-year-old or uh, if they are more ambitious, maybe with a five year old, but not with a horse with six months training at the age of three.
2: And who isn't fully grown.
1: The, well, that, that's obvious. The other thing is also they, are, they may not actually even be three years old, because if the the age of the horse changes, this they've recently changed in Germany, but until last year, the the age of the horse changes the 1st of January. So if the horse is mm-hmm. born is born in June, he's actually only two and a half. He's not three. So they get even. They're even younger than that. And then they're mm-hmm. presented on the saddle again under enormous, with all these shows and audience, all this stress. Uh, so they're all tight and and uh, these enormous movements that are that are asked of them at high speed and high tension, uh, short reins. And um, these tests are actually the first one they do is, is not one show, it's 14 days test. And not only with their own writer, because there's also a a writer they don't, don't know. That's part of the test? Yes, it's part, of the, part test. of the test. Yes, that seems to show, you know, character again, writability that also other, other writers can write them. And I forgot for the young ones, the mm. first test they do there is also free jumping, and uh, the jumps are now limited to one one meter thirty, whatever that is. But it's really it's not small, and they, it's limited now. Before that, it no. was higher, so they've recently limited it to one thirty. Uh, so on top of that, they also had the the jumping, which they also start training then, obviously with the two year olds so the 14 day test uh, is already really, really hard. And then if they pass that if they've not, you know, they're not uh, out. <laughs> if they failed that test, they are and they're lucky they come to Anya. <laughs> Most of them don't. Those that pass that test, they continue on doing um, then the year after I think it's the year after they do the 50 day test. So as a as a, as a four year old, and then it all continues because in between, of course, they're not just doing those tests, but they're doing shows because they have to prepare them for the test. So they do every weekend, two or three tests every weekend, the whole year the whole summer. And the result is that these horses, uh, they have plenty of problems. So you have a three and a half year old that already had a uh, uh, suspensory ligament um, problems. They have uh, you know, tendinitis, they have already had shockwave therapy, they have obviously ulcers, they have behavioral problems, they will bite their, their chest. Um, Anya also said that very often in the box, they are lethargic, you know, they're shut down, they don't react to anything, completely shut down. And if you take them out, they explode, they are, there's a tiny little thing and they explode, they're super nervous. So you have a complete <clears throat> opposite between in, you know, when they're left alone, they shut down, they sort of, I don't know what they do, recharge or just leave me alone, you know, put a sensory filter. And when taken out they, um, they are hyper reactive to everything. Then of course, you have the, the stereotypes, you have the cribbing, uh, all of those issues, but also the physical damage is really, really severe. And these are horses that you know at that age they should be totally healthy
2: well they should be they should be playing with their friends
1: outside yes but also you know they are their best quality if you want to argue as a, as a breeder these are expensive horses they have been sold for you know six figures as a, as a as a two and a half year old and then when when anya gets them they are slaughter price but they don't mm. the industry does not care because there's the next three year coming three-year-old coming up And if they pass the test Mm. and if these horses, you know, are not rideable anymore, they also don't care because the stallions, they use, they sell the semen that brings them plenty of money. So they don't need to show in tests anymore. Once, once they've gone through the stallion licensing procedure. So it's, Mm. it's, 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 it's very, very, very sad. And um, there has been a little effort, so there's, there's a, in the, the German Ministry for Agriculture is responsible for animal welfare. And they have developed in collaboration with the breeding associations, the equestrian association, including also the race industry, including the most important German uh, animal welfare association and veterinarians in welfare. They all discussed um, and agreed on, so they all signed uh, some rules, some guidelines to protect welfare uh, of horses in sports. And signing this means that the, the breeders associations, the equestrian association, the race industry, et cetera, have to translate those guidelines into their own rules. So there was a previous edition, I think it was um, in 2010, and this has been revised now and published last year, 2020 has been revised. There are a couple of good things that happened. So the good thing happened is that now the age of the horse is no is the actual age in months. They are no longer doing the 1st of January rule, which which helps. It gives them half a year in some cases. Yes. And they have also set a minimum age uh, before starting the training, which is not what we want, but it's better than it was before it's now 30 months. So I would uh, so for the tests, they used to be in spring, and now the breeding associations are doing the tests in the autumn, so the horses are now three year old and no longer two and a half year old so. You know, there's a small win. But I think there's still one of the big, so we would want them actually what what uh, we suggest would be to push it by one year, not only half a year, but actually one year. And that also the writing starts not before they are three-year-old. So you're not preparing them for a test as a three-year-old, but you start the training at three-year-old. So now they're presenting them as, as three-year-old. Right? That is, that's also something that we, we, we push for. And another really important thing is the uh, to stop the launching with the side reins. That's really for the young horses, very disastrous, very, very difficult. That's, that's going, I think that's the hardest to change. Because it's so generalized in the horse world. It's so accepted, you know, that maybe they argue about the length. Um, they say, oh, you have to have, make it longer or the, the type of side reins, but it's so generally accepted as beneficial. And I've looked in the literature to find arguments that would back our, our, um, our statement. Um, but unfortunately, I not really, I found two that maybe could help in, in some way. One is uh, had measured the, the forces on the, on the mouth or fixed rains during uh, on a straight line actually in in trot so they can go in short rains which are longer than what you see in the tests Uh, they would go up to 30 newton at one stance of the trot phase um, which was really quite quite high so they go they peak up obviously depending on the stance of the of the trot and they go down and they peak up so you have that sudden pull in the mouth and then release, sudden pull, and release, sudden pull, and release. And I mean, the other thing is, there's never a release, a real release, because they keep on going, so they right. always have that. Whereas in writing, you would want, you know, to ask something, you get it, and then you let go. But if you have a side rein, that release is never there. So whatever they are, do, they can't escape because it's always, always there. But either way, this, I think, this is going to be really, really difficult unless we get, you know, some scientists to pick it up. And also look at the long-term effects, but I know that this is this is going to be impossible to to prove because there are so many factors you can't isolate it. So we had to find a good proxy for long-term effects. So maybe I don't know. I can't really think of anything any study design that would help us out there. It's very difficult to prove. Uh, yeah, but the the launching with the side reins is definitely a problem. Yes,
0: sort of in, under ideal conditions. What would Anya like to see happen?
1: Well, as I said, the age. So the we age, would like yes. to put it uh, one year, one year later. That's, that's, that's one okay. thing. So um, then they should not be taken off the field before the age of 30 months. Then launching only with a carbason, without fixed train. And the first first okay. show or, or starting of the training not before 36 months. And then the, the test should be 42 months and the following the 5050 50, um, day test 48 months. So it's all basically pushed by by another year.
0: And it sounds as though there have been some small changes in that direction. So that's yes, uh, yes.
1: yes. There's there are small there small changes, but it's uh, yeah, it's not it's not enough. I mean, of course, you know, he, if if you do that in collaboration with the the industry, they especially. I mean, what's even worse is the the racing industry. We know they start them a lot a lot earlier. So they have actually right now yes. in the new guidelines, they have an exception, and the veterinarians have really tried to protect the resources more but um, they did not succeed so they added in a word that makes it vague so they try to make it you know a fixed date fixed age but then it says uh, yes. something like you know depending on or given that blah 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 for example for example it also for the for, to, to start the training um uh, it said to to start training with 30 months but that only on the the condition that the horses are kept, the young horses are still kept outdoors in groups, you know, which makes sense. But this is not going to be checked. And the breeders are going to say it's impossible to do so they will not do it. And then they are checked and what happens nothing. So the idea is good, but uh, it would be better to have a fixed date later to protect them. It's 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 very hard and you you also need to protect the uh, the veterinarian, the official vets going to check because um, you know often people are saying when they go to these tests and they see that the horses are. Well, not not well presented or you know harshly presented people say that the vets should be doing something, but they can't really do anything because as an official veterinarian if you want to intervene, you have to be able to prove in court that there's an, a welfare issue. How are you going to convince anybody that such a well-fed horse who is so strong with a supercoat, you know, f- full of muscles presented, you know, so well and such movements. Yes. You...
0: Has his own masseuse and yes, and a sauna to stand. Yes. All of those things.
1: Exactly. So you're going to tell the judge that this is a welfare case. It's impossible yeah. to prove, so the vets really have nothing, nothing to to show. If the studies are not, if the science doesn't come up with, with something, it's impossible. Because the normal thing that the vets, uh, the the judges see would be, you know, malnourished animals that are sick. But you're presenting a well-fed horse that is full of power and uh, with a shiny coat. No, there's no blood. There's no broken broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the, the veterinarians really can't do anything because they, they they know they have to defend it in court and if they can't defend it in court there's no there's no yeah they can't make any a case and also i i guess they're also threatened you know i mean mm. imagine you go there and you want a, a stallion that is worth six figures and you come up and you want to challenge that there you'll have a whole range of you know muscled men behind you that don't do anything they just stand there and they go like mm. Maybe not. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a tough stand uh, to control that. So that's, that's, that's the problem. So even though the guidelines give, they are definitely an improvement. There's actually another guideline on the 14 day test that is actually quite good. If you look at, as I read it in detail, and for example, there, they say the horses should be presented according to their age. So we call, we call it uh, remonte, is it remonte in French? Well, how do you call it? Three-year-old that you're just starting on the saddle, so the young horse. That, that's written there. They should be presented as such. But of course, how you interpret that? If you look at the, right. the old books, um, actually, I know. No, they can't see it in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a horizontal balance where the horse is with a long neck. Uh, so basically, horizontal meaning that you have, you know, the neck, the the nose out in front, the the neck vertically stretched out long, you know, and yeah. and uh, that's how you should present a horse as a three-year-old in a three-year-old test. So a horse that's been under saddle for six months maximum. But that's not what you see. That's not what you see. There is no horse that shows the uh, nose in front of the vertical they're all already collected they're already presented uh, in that's also in the guidelines actually it's written that you should not even try to ride a stronger trot medium trot in english it's probably a medium trot that you it should be discouraged to show these horses in a medium trot you can ask for a little longer steps you know for a few strides. But you should definitely not even try to go into medium trot. It's written there. Yet they're all going actually even more than they go stronger than that. They go extend even beyond medium trot, the whole length of the arena and continuing. So they all signed guidelines that they're not following. It's written that the horses should not, the riders should not ride with spurs. You will not find a single rider who does not have spurs on. So the guidelines, mm-hmm. even though they are not what, no, not even as far as we, we would want them to go, but even if that what is already there would be respected, we would actually already be a lot better. The horses would be a lot better off.
0: So part of this then becomes a matter of education because these horses are going through that so that they will sell for big dollars. And the more educated the buyers become, sort of a buyer beware market, but also the more educated the horse community becomes, the more we may begin to shift away from seeing this as a desirable look. You know, like you described the, the horses that are being chased around with the flag so that they their, their heads are up and they're looking really showy. For some of us, we look at that and we, it makes us uncomfortable. We don't see that as beautiful, and other people look at it and go, "Oh, that horse is so beautiful! Look at that beautiful horse!" And when I when I see my horses having a good gallop out in the field, I think that's beautiful. But I wouldn't want to see it provoked in an arena. A scared gallop. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: that's not beautiful. Yeah, and also, I mean, if you, as I said, the the, the how how an the look of a three year old as it, you know, should be in the sense that it's not damaging to the horse. People are not used to that look anymore, they will look at that and go think like "Well, that looks like nothing. And it should look like nothing, it should be look like, you know, green horse that is experimenting with the new balance having a rider on him. That's how it should look like it should not look like a horse that has been that seemed to have been ridden for three years already. But that's how Mm -hmm. they are badly i i would add
0: right right because i'm thinking with our with our horses where we are looking at balance right from that very first present the target and feed where you know where the neck looks pretty to you but that doesn't mean like a grand prix horse it's what is appropriate for the horse
1: no no i'm not saying balance i say Yes, I'm not saying balance has been ridden three years in the sense that what what they show them, you know, the type of movement you would show normally.
2: Yeah.
1: this exaltated uh, trot that is, yeah, a young horse at three age, six months on the saddle. and you should obviously they should not be ridden also every day. You may start a horse at three years. that doesn't mean you ride him every day for an hour. You are sitting maybe three times a week for 20 minutes and that's it. He goes back to the field. So uh, that's the other thing. You may be starting at three, but how are you using that first year? But uh, yeah, people, I don't think they they know what what it should look like to be healthy, both uh, mentally and in body, physically. And physically.
0: No, I would agree. I would agree because I see... I certainly see that, and it's not, these are not horses that have been going through the stallion test, but they are horses that have been pushed. We see this in horse after horse after horse that people have uh, are bringing to clinics. These, they, they do not have a good, don't want to make it a blanket statement, but many of them are lacking that good, solid foundation of slow preparation and good balance. You know, and, and the cracks, the cracks that you see are wide and
2: deep. I, I remember when you interviewed Anya, Anya Barana, Alex, she said that to really understand, you know, um, and, and her whole work is about teaching, is classical dressage where you do slow training and you teach movements that are very natural. And so that your horse can work very late, 25, 26 years old. Um, Whereas these horses who go through rapid training movements that are showy but are not good for the horses and that people have somehow gotten used to and think that are normal, these horses become lame very early and they don't work very late. And, you know, it was actually one of her tip when we asked her, how can I... No, if a trainer is a good trainer, she said, well, ask them what horses they train, where the horse is now, and go see that horse and see if he's still working, you know, if he's still in good health or not. You know, she was saying, to really understand classical dressage, it takes so much studying. You have to go so deep in the knowledge And yet a lot of people know very little, but they are putting side rein on the horses. They know nothing of biomechanics and they make all these decisions to launch a horse in a certain way that has a big impact on a horse body. So I think, you know, when, because when you hear all this, what you're describing all these testing and this industry that is benefiting from all these horses being pushed through the system disposable disposable yeah Yeah, horses there's always another three year coming and everybody is you know having participating in it and and in a way is benefiting from this system because it gives jobs to a lot of people and there's a lot of money involved. But when you hear all this, it's and you're sitting in your home, it's so depressing. And you think, what can I do about this? You know, how can how can I help? And I think when you say, Alex, that people need to educate themselves, I think that's a start. We need to ourselves, because there are tools out there that can help us educate ourselves a little, at least a good foundation to start with. Uh, a critical eye not to uh, just gobble up whatever we see at every competition and think oh this is wonderful it's so beautiful when very often it's not very beautiful it's very stressful for the horses and the movements shown are actually very damaging to the horse and we've talked about this this dvd a few times already i think but it's I find that it's a good start. I know certainly for myself, the train, the the DVD that Anya Buran did, Train Your Eye DVD, where she shows movements that are regularly performed in uh, dressage competition. And she explains why these movements, well, first of all, she trains us to look at these movements, you know, and why these movements are damaging and what the movement should actually look like. I, for me, it's very education. It's not a very long DVD. It's probably less than two hours, but there's a lot of information in there that can help at least sensitizers become aware yeah. of the fact that everything you see at a competition is not okay. Right.
0: And Mikhail has just been sharing with us this great tease of, of Anya's new book, which is built around that DVD, but it's so far, it's just in German. So, uh, so it's a terrible tease, but the pictures are good. <laughs> the pictures are great.
1: It will come in English, but it just came just came out in German. So I don't know how she manages with her long days and short nights to write yet another book. <laughs> but but it's uh, it's um, it arrived today. At my, uh, she sent me a copy, and um, I just flipped through it, and it, it's extremely educational and actually it comes with uh, the possibility to access the videos as well. So you can, uh, mm. at a low, low cost, you can do additionally, um, see the, the videos that are in the book. So in the book you have the similar to the train your eyes DVD. So the same type of, so it's real life video, but she uh, puts it sort of in a shadow. So there's no way you could identify a writer but they went to film actually high level dressage test movement and also presentation of young, young stallions at the tests at the stallion tests. And then you would see basically the shadows of that movement and then she did frame by frame, the photos in the book frame by frame, each stride if you want and teach you what to look at, you know, is that for example in the in, in the piaf where you would want to have the definition of a piaf is you want to have the diagonals and if you look at the grand prix riders how their PF, if you actually would look at it frame by frame that there are actually very few frames that are diagonals most of them are not diagonals yet this is basically you could pick any of the riders in a in a high level test and you would get the same result and we got so accustomed to seeing this type of pf that in the end you think that's how it should look like. So with that mm-hmm. book, she wants to give you the tools to, you know, to actually start recognizing these type of movements, because it's like if you, you know, in Alex's clinic, when we go frame by frame to watch it, and you watch it again, in in real time, you start seeing it. So this is another way of doing it. So she, she puts the frame, writes text to it, look at this, look at that, look, look, you know, do you see the leg here, it should be there. And then she compares that to a movement that would be correct in a classical sense. So you, example, Mm -hmm. non-example, so you can see, uh, you know, how it should look like. And next time you watch these uh, high-level tests, and you go like, hmm, (laughs) then you don't watch them anymore because you start seeing that this is not, (laughs) this is not what you want to get accustomed to. I think
2: that's, you know, because when people stop Buying it, buying those horses, buying the tickets to the competition dressage. Well, I guess the industry will take note. But as long as people, and I remember she explained that these tests, I mean, um, she was saying, you know, people come from the States, for instance, to buy horses in Europe. And they don't want to go from barn to barn, breeder to breeder to breeder. So they go to these events where there's lots of horses to be sold as an auction. And they go in one day, they can come out of there and they've bought their horse and they're done. So as long as people are buying, going to these events. And so in a way, we this this will continue. So how can we do our part is i guess to educate ourselves and stop saying no i'm not buying this anymore because i can recognize it because if you cannot recognize it you you don't even know the difference you know you're going to you won't see what the problem is she she's certainly making us aware that there is a problem
1: well there you is know. an action you 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 can take For now, maybe that is only for the German speakers, but uh, we are actually um, inviting people to write us. And we have set up a website where you can put your email address in to be in the loop, to get informed. And we really want people to contribute, engage, give us ideas. Uh, Right now it's all in German because we are targeting (laughs) at the moment the German rules and the German industry, etc. But that doesn't mean it could not be expanded at some some sort but uh, right now we we thought about different options you know a petition or i was suggesting a sort of a a different label you know like a organic (laughs) that you would do a a welfare stallion licensing you know a year later and uh, without all this without all these harsh tests i could imagine that many Mm. of the breeders of the foals that they actually would want their animals to live long and happily. But the biggest mm. problems are the, the, which I didn't know before, but, uh, similar to the food animal industry, actually there's an in-between step. So there is the breeders sell it to those who prepare them, the young horses to the test. So they may get them after weaning, mm. so they buy the weanlings. Uh, and then start feeding them, start training and get them ready for the test. And these are the worst conditions because, you know, they don't mm. probably do not have an emotional attachment to those babies at all. They, they just want to. And of course, their benefit. It's a business. For yes, them. because they need to produce a high score at the test. So that is their reputation. That is how they are paid afterwards or how their reputation grows, etc. So they buy these folds and then prepare them for those tests. And I think this is really the toughest crowd. <laughs> these are the that do mm. the real damage. And when you say we
2: we are doing this website, who exactly is we? Anya and I. <laughs> There's obviously
1: okay. Well I do the website and show it to Anya <laughs> and ask if she agrees. <laughs>
2: Okay, so you, the two of you, against the the whole industry. You're you you guys are courageous, but
1: well, I mean, she's the one who definitely knows the industry a lot better than me and has all this this experience and connections. What I can do is I can look for scientific evidence. I can uh, you know help with finding studies um, and do a little bit of technical technical help. The other entry I can give her is the access to the veterinarians. And this has been very useful because we have contacted um, this association, uh, which is called um, it's veterinarians for for welfare in a way. And they are actually in Germany, they're very influential, because they, they are part of the group that do the guidelines that I mentioned earlier, which is under the guidance of the Ministry of Agriculture, that the associations signed as well. But they also provide an interpretation of those guidelines, which they give, which are used by the official vet doing the controls. Because many of those official Mm. vets, they are not necessarily horse people. Okay,
2: that's another problem.
1: They may be, but they may not be because, you know, there there is, uh, you have an office, you have so many people, and there's somebody who has to go to the horse show and check. And that may not be the person who is actually an expert with horses. It may be, but if that person is not available, they send somebody else.
2: Yeah,
1: they send a cow person. Or- yeah, so Anya has already offered to um, to to teach, for example, uh, lessons to to vets, to official vets who have to do this type of controls, where she could show, look, this is how a three-year-old looks like, you know, mm. etc. So these um, and they have already this association. Um, Anya and I, well, Anya presented and I provided just a couple of slides on the science, and they are very supportive. So they are actually going to write a statement um, that would support our project. We have that, that type of support already in, in, in promise. Right. They still have right. to write a statement as such. But actually, I'm going to meet with one of them uh, next month. And before Christmas, we're going to write something up. We'll see. I, I had liked the idea of the, of the um, alternative uh, stallion license. I do too. <laughs> you know, people mm. who who want to buy a, a young horse you know they can bypass the auctions and go re- go directly to a breeder who says you know i'm doing slow slow training slow they my falls get one year more and uh, if you want them already started then i provide you know a slow training if you want that uh, a three-year-old that is already started on the saddle, then you get that not a three-year-old, but you get a four-year-old actually started on the saddle mm-hmm. and they get a specific mm-hmm. label and where people can find them, you know, I want this for a type of breeder and they go directly. They don't even go to the auctions. So that would be, a, another way of doing it, but the purpose now actually is why I said it is that, uh, we, we want to now get a better feel of if people would like to engage, you know because out of two people you can't do much with two two per individuals who have already a full schedule mm-hmm. so more people more ideas also maybe people who have experiences that have that are maybe professional riders who are fed up who would like to change something there are also plenty there are breeders who want to change mm-hmm. something there are there are buyers who want to make sure they get a, a young horse that is sound and not broken and so i guess there are many, many so the more views we get the, the better before we actually engage into anything if you have not yet understood the whole the whole field because i guess we are all very focused on german speakers yes so where would they go Karriere start with respect we can put the um, the website link there
2: yeah it, it it'll have this time it'll have to be in a note because phonetically i don't think it'll work yeah, yeah,
1: yes. the, the URL is in German. <laughs> yes, but people can also send me an email. Just contact me. Yes,
0: it makes me think of the
1: expression.
0: What is it? Uh,
1: think globally,
0: act locally. Mm-hmm. So many of us listening to this, might, they're you know think. Well, I'm never going to buy a warm blood, or if I buy a warm blood, it's going to be you know a 16 year old horse or whatever. So I'm not going over to Germany to buy uh, a young stallion. This is not relevant to me. There's nothing I can do about this, et cetera, et cetera. It's terrible. It feels bad. Yeah, but they may go to a dressage competition. Right. But I'm also thinking about, you know, in terms of the act locally, that part of what this is pointing out is, you know, when you're looking at, in a sense, at extremes, when you're pushing these horses to such an extreme point, and you see that even these magnificently bred beautifully put together horses can't stand the strain and what it what it highlights is how important it is to put that focus on preparation on emotional well-being on slow starts on balance all these things that we talk about and push and talk about and talk about balance balance until I think some people are does she ever think about anything other than balance?
1: Yeah, and maybe to make it clearer, balance means that you can release your muscles because you are in balance. You don't need to fight against the forces that throw you out of the circle line because you are going intense and high speed so that people understand that when you're talking about balance, it also means at the same time, you know, being relaxed and not putting strains you know, on on, on yeah. those tendons and joints, and, and you've lo- you've learned
0: how to move so that you are not creating extra strain and stress on your muscles and your skeletal system, but you are working in a balance that promotes the health of your joints. So one of the things that we do in the, some of the in the clinics is I will have people we set a cone in the middle of the... Of your workspace and you walk a small circle around the cone and you can feel as you walk that small circle, you will feel imbalances. You will feel places where you're having to compensate or counterbalance, or you may feel as you're going around the circle and around the circle again, you may feel that there's a lot of pressure coming down, say on your inside knee. And you think, well, if I if I kept this up, if I had to keep going around the circle and around this circle, I could see how that would cause damage to my inside knee. But if I make these changes in my balance, so if I shift how I move and how I turn, if I use you know what I refer to as the Tai Chi walk, all of a sudden I can walk around that circle and there's no strain on my joints. That's what we're talking. And it's this whole learning about balance and learning how to help your own horses to be better balanced. I think that's all part of the solution. Mm -hmm. It may not directly impact what's going on with the stallion testing, but it's sort of like holding up that Polo wrap that Mm -hmm. we were describing earlier, where it can look like it's so far away from saddling, that how is holding a polo wrap in your hand related at all to saddling? And yet it is. How is our learning how to help our, our the horses that we have walk beside us in a beautiful balance that promotes the health of their joints? How is that possibly related to what's going on in Germany and these other places where these horses are being pushed. And yet, I think it is very much. So that when we are going to presentations, whether it's at an expo or a show or whatever, and somebody is coming out and saying, look at my horse, who is so beautiful. And we're seeing the horse all curled up in roll cure. And we're going, no, that's not beautiful. And we we turn away from that. That will have yeah. an
2: impact. Yeah, even I mean, people do buy foals too. You know, here they buy uh, foals and they are uh, going to do dressage with them, and so I think it's good for them to understand. You know, yeah. when they should do what with these horses. And it's, and it's
0: not just dressage; the reining horses, mm-hmm.
2: cutting horses, any, no, any, any sport jumping. We were yes. we were talking about jumping. You know, when should a a young horse start jumping and how
1: high yeah and on a, on a more uh, optimistic note uh, so <laughs> yes. so Anja has a couple of uh, stallions there at the moment that ha- have been bought by by the Fernand Foundation the, the Anja Behrendt Foundation so there are I think six hmm. stallions now that were basically taken out of of that industry uh, they have suffered already. So they have experiences, uh, they had all experienced all the negative health consequences, you know, very serious, um, uh, pathology is coming out of those tests and she's now teaching them to move in balance without tension, how to move around, yeah, carrying themselves and not the rider, you know, holding the head with arm strength, uh, etc. And she takes immense, uh, and Vera Mundolo, her first rider, so much patience to reteach these horses and rebuild them. And one of them has been when he was not yet at at uh, at the found property of the foundation, he was taken away twice for a stallion test and he came back always broken. So she had to restart with everything. Anyway, they... Um, they are now staying with her and she's going to continue building them. So she's posting regularly and the posts are also in English. So if you follow her on Facebook, okay. uh, Anya Beran, classical dressage, Anya Beran, you found it. Um, you will see the videos of these of these horses. And if if you see her riding warm bloods there, you can always know that this is a rebuilding, basically all of the horses she has. <laughs> are rehabilitating from some sort of damage, but they are the examples basically of of the system, you know, and you will see them transform actually what you see now you would have to go scroll back in time to see uh, the earlier videos. But if if you have the chance like me of going there frequently, and you see them develop over time, it's, uh, it's really mind blowing. And, and it's, it's very encouraging, knowing that they had such a difficult start and where they can get to, you know, if you give them the time they need and you Mm. restart teaching like I'm doing with Blondie, you know, you just go back and reteach the whole thing. You can still go very far with a very happy horse and a very healthy horse. It doesn't mean that because of Mm. the four year old has had, you know, all these difficult experiences that you cannot recover them and give them a good continuation. They still live for a very long time. So Mm -hmm. it's worth putting the effort in.
0: But it it is like Blondie, where you can definitely, you know, when you take this constructional approach to the training, you know, Blondie is not broken. Our horses are not broken. We get this often at clinics where someone, you know, oh I have this rescue horse and you know, so on. It's like these horses are they may have huge cracks in their training. They may have some physical issues coming from the way they've been worked, but it is astounding what changes when you begin to offer them the possibility of good balance, emotional balance and physical balance. And we certainly see that in what you've done with Blondie. Absolutely, we see that in what you're doing. Mm what you're doing with blondie because it's not past tense it is an ongoing project which is really fun And the videos that we see that you keep sharing are just really fun really fun so you know whether we're talking about the cribbing project or we're talking about the work you did with the saddling or the work with teaching her how to be comfortable and understanding of tactile cues she is not the horse that you started with, no. by any stretch no. of any imagination, no, not at all. <laughs> and the work that you're doing is not out of reach. You know, we could all say, "Well, you know, it's Anya Baron. We could never, we could never achieve what Anya Baron can do." But the work that we're doing, it is absolutely not mm. out of reach. Definitely, of any one of us who has a horse, yeah. which is the really exciting part definitely yeah so so i'm delighted to have been able to share what i think of as this lovely holiday present for everybody of talking about what you've been doing with blondie and again if people want to see some of the videos and hear us talk about them some more we're going to be presenting together at the clicker expo in january the end of january and you've also been really generous in posting blondie's work and so we can put links to that in the show notes as well. And we thank you immensely for joining us. Thank, well, thank you,
2: Michaela.
0: You. <laughs> it was great fun. Don't go away. Michaela has sent me some additional information about the Stallion project. The website has gone live. We'll put the link in the show notes. And Michaela sent us this audio postscript.
1: I'd like to encourage people to visit the website of the Stallion project. Don't be discouraged that it's in German because you'll find video and um, images on the website. And I think they're really interesting. What we'll show there are images of how young horses are presented during the licensing and compare that to how um, the classical approach starts young horses and how they look like as uh, Anya is doing. So there are um, images. Anja has produced for um, her presentations and that are also in her new book where they have filmed young horses um, well also competition horses uh, later on but for our purposes um, young horses as they are presented and they have um, used um, some sort of animation where um, you only see a shadow basically of the of the horses movements and um, They have put colors on the diagonal legs. And so you can really focus on the on the silhouette and on the movement, how it looks like. So you would see a young horse in trot and a young horse in canter. And you can compare the ones that are trained at, at Anya's respecting, you know, the classical approach, respecting the time the horses need compared to the frame that they are presented in the test. Uh, And also the launching, so how how horses move on the launch with the side reins as they are presented during the test licensing and how they are presenting themselves, balancing themselves out without these side reins. Um, And also there's one video of a young horse just uh, started on the saddle, which is really up to date. Um, The horse has just arrived, has just started and you'll see him. In uh, a young horse, green horse balance, and how, how that looks like. And if you go to the any YouTube video of um, three year olds um, started under saddle and how they are presented, you see the huge difference. And and the you can imagine the strain it puts on on their joints and on their whole body and their mental state as well. So um, go to the website. I'm going to say the URL, which is in German. It's Karrierestart minus mit minus Respekt minus Hengste dot de, which basically means uh, career start with respect stallions. And we'll put um, the URL also in the show notes. And if not, you can also send me a message and I'll send it to you if that's too difficult to to remember. Have Have a look. I think you'll find it interesting. Thanks. Bye.
0: It is worth going to the website. And I used Google Translate to help me understand what was being said there. It's not the most accurate translation in the world. Any one of us who've used Google Translate knows that it can sometimes be entertaining how things get translated, but you get a good sense of what's being said, and the animations are definitely worth seeing. I wasn't really going to add anything more other than just, you know, go look at the stallion project, but this is really about what do you see? You know, when you look at the stallions that are being presented, they can look really beautiful. They're coats are shiny they're they're beautifully presented in terms of the way they're being turned out. They it can really draw you into this these big beautiful horses until you start looking at the details. And when we look at the young horse who's just being started under saddle, you know in comparison to these horses that have been, you know, sort of made up, as it were. And, you know, it's it's like watching somebody who's, um, I don't know, some, some teenager who's gone off to buy groceries at the grocery store wearing an old baggy cardigan versus somebody who's been jazzed up for the school prom. The differences are quite startling in terms of what it looks like, but... You know, as we start to train the eye, you start, you know, what is it? What is it that I want to look for? What do I want to see? How do I understand these contrasting images? This coming year, I'm going to be doing, presenting a series of the virtual clinics again. And I haven't got it all completely worked out how I'm going to do this, but, what I'm preparing at the moment are courses that are self-paced, that you can go through. And the third course in the series is entitled, What Do You See? And that's what it's really about, is to look at video together and to, to begin to understand what is it that we're looking at when we look at horses and we look at movement. And what is it that we want to look for And most importantly, what is it that we want to train in our own horses so that they stay sound for many, many years to come? It's wonderful to see big, beautiful movement. I love that, but I want it to be movement that can last a lifetime. This morning, uh, the horses were out. In the, uh, in the field, and I uh, walked down with the goats to um, visit with Robin, and Fengor came down to join us from another part of the fields, and he came down in his big, beautiful tolt, and then Robin thought it would be great fun to go off in a gallop, and, and he started off in power trot, and then broke into uh, this gorgeous, gorgeous, Canter and the two of them galloped up the top of the hill back to the arena. And I loved seeing that because these are horses that are in, I hate to say it, but they're in their late 20s. And they're galloping like they were three-year-olds. That's what we want for our horses. We want a lifetime of good movement. And that's why Anya and Michaela are so passionate about this stallion project, because they're just so heartbroken by the horses, these these young, young athletic stallions that are being broken down by the system. So go have a look, see what your eye, see what you can see, and then come join me uh, this year for the online virtual clinics including the What Do You See Clinic. I'll have more information about those as we proceed into the coming year, and I get the material all sorted in terms of how I'm going to present it uh, online. So have a wonderfully happy holiday season, and next time we'll start a new series. Thank you. Bye.